Welcome to the Mythic Life Podcast. In this podcast, we'll be exploring creative and alternative lifestyles with guests who are finding their own paths through careers as healers, artists, and teachers, along with exploring topics in the personal development space of developing intuition and metaphysical gifts. A Mythic Life is free from the constraints of old stereotypes, led by the adventurous soul that is striving for joy fulfillment of purpose and the quest for higher growth and connection a person who believes there is more than meets the eye that pursues personal development alternative medicine lifestyles that are wanting to break free from the societal norms and explore their metaphysical abilities there is greatness within everyone and a soul desiring for joy welcome to the mythic life podcast i'm your host eric brummett and today we're going to be exploring the rhythm and flow of life, how we can open to the true artist within each of us and discover our own intuitive dopeness. Joining me today is my good friend, Robbie333. Welcome, Robbie. I am so thrilled to have you here. I have known Robbie for, I think, a little over a decade now and feel such a kinship with you, man. I feel like we've just continuously walked on similar paths, uh, similar land, and have had a few moments together. Not a lot. You know, we got to take that awesome hike in Muir Woods, and we've been in courses together in Theta Healing, seen you in New York when you've come to visit. And, uh, you know, it's just interesting how we've like kind of had this like two sides of a coin. Like I grew up in Santa Cruz, I was born in Nevada City. I'm living upstate New York. Like you grew up in New Jersey, right? That's right. And now you're out in California. You know, a little bit about Robbie here. He is based in Northern California as an MC, vocalist, performer, and creative mastermind behind 13 albums and his current leading edge prolific output series titled Holy Moments of Dopeness where he is releasing a new song and video every two weeks ongoing. He is the founder of Tap the Flow 24 Project, which unites creative collaboration and activism to bring clean water to those in need. He organizes immersive creative sessions where a group of artists conceive of, create, and complete an original song, music video, and painting in 24 hours, and then through sharing the artwork and speaking engagements, raise money for their nonprofit partners focused on clean water for those in need. Professionally, he is a high-performance creative coach who supports other visionaries and creatives to become a person who is capable of executing their dreams and turning their vision boards into realities. He is a strong background in transformational facilitator holding his master's and certificate of science in theta healing and is on the playing field as a leading edge creative walking the path of devotional artistry. So beautiful, man. Growing up in New Jersey and fill us in. What has your journey been like coming from a background of suburb New Jersey? Like where, tell me a little bit about your beginnings here. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up uh, just about 45 minutes outside of New York City, uh, northern New Jersey, which was actually really beautiful land to grow up on. And 
I was born into a phenomenal family. I will say that's been a huge part of my just foundation and outlook on life. I, I recognize more and more the family that I was born into is really, um, I've learned how kind of unconventional it might be where there was, you know, my parents remained married 46, 47 years, um, you know, in love through that time, surrounded by a huge family, kind of had an extended family that was extremely supportive and just had this wealth, this real deep wealth of family that I cherish and recognize more and more just as I would kind of leave the home and go and travel and my college years and beyond and recognize that this greater family that I was a part of and still, of course, am a part of really was a huge part of my foundation and just this, you know, surrounded by love and support in a number of different ways. And I've kind of always been a different kind of character, but I feel like I was always accepted for who I was and what I was bringing forth and kind of, you know, to the degree that people were able to, but at least the love was always there. And it's been a big part of what's, I think, offered a really unique foundation to really continue my explorations of self and life and lifestyle. Um, but yeah, growing up in New Jersey, I, you know, I think there's some, some beautiful parts of there's like an edge that comes from New York, kind of like a sharpness, uh, sometimes sarcasticness, a directness that can really contrast the California or, you know, other parts of the world or spiritual communities, lifestyle. But I, I just, I cherish that. I love that. It's a big part of who I am. And that's, you know, that's kind of the born and raised scenario. Yeah. And, you know, as you're sharing that, it reminds me of uh, something that actually my mother-in-law shared with me of like having a sense of history that goes beyond self actually gives a core of security in facing the unknown, facing mystery and moving forward. I love hearing how you embrace that, that positive aspect of your family and, and like found a strength in that as you kind of went in that journey, when did you really discover the, the artist within you? When did that start to really surface? It's a great question. The, I, I had, you know, the first kind of awakenings towards more traditional art forms was in high school. I was really moved by graffiti are particularly driving on the you know 80 highway route 80 highway and there would just be these epic colorful gorgeous stylistic renderings of words and you know it just moved me so much that someone would do this in the middle of the night could pull it off in the pitch black and you know without getting caught and kind of the rebel nature of it as well and i would just i would be like it's so anticipatory of looking behind, like knowing where these pieces were. And I'd be driving, say, with my folks or something and just like try to soak it in with my eyes as long as I can. And so, you know, that kind of moved me in that direction. And I didn't do a ton of, you know, quote, like illegal work on buildings and stuff, but more like sketchbooks. And that led me, you know, I did go to college, but I, I went to college, I say, mainly for soccer. Soccer was my artistry at that time. It's really a fluidity of movement and body mechanics and and team unity. I see that as a pure art form and flow states that I was able to tap in. I devoted a huge part of my life to that. Uh, But it was during my college years that I said, you know, there was not a ton that interests me outside of the sport. I mean, obviously it was, there was like music and art that were were always kind of there, but I realized I had to really dial in on my, um, my focus there. 
And so I did, I actually went, went in pretty deep with the visual arts, got, you know, got my degree in drawing. And so I really, when it was time, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to devote anything to that, it's going to be to the visual arts and really went deep in that path, which was amazing because that's not even a huge part of my world now, at least in the same form. But I learned an immense amount about myself and the process of iteration and creation and showing up and learning the language of of an of a being an artist and the spirit of it because i was i feel like i didn't i wasn't raised as that i never i feel like had like these deep innate talents but i learned that wow this could actually be really be cultivated and seeing other examples along the way where i'm like wow these these kids came out of the womb as an amazing drawing or drawers or painters mm. or sculptors and that had that deep artist spirit from a young age where i was like wow i, I was later in life that i discovered more of that for myself. Oh, that's so cool. You know, as, as you're sharing that story of interstate 80 there through Jersey and to Philly, like I just start hearing like hieroglyphic songs. <laughs> that's amazing. And you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do a spoiler alert. Cause you brought up hieroglyphics. If people don't know, that's a phenomenal hip hop group based out of Oakland, California. And I got to do a track with their DJ, DJ Torre, I have a song and video coming out pretty soon, actually within the next month. So depending on when this airs and the opening scene is me in the car, my car driving up to the hieroglyphic studio. And I say exactly that. And I say, you know, my videographer, we're ready to shoot the song. He's just kind of doing some candid filming. And I said, you know, being a teenager bumping hieroglyphics in New Jersey (laughs) Like same as you, right? Like yeah. cruising and then like, then coming full circle to come film this video. And you know, the, the song is called Meeting of the Minds and it's, yeah, producer DJ Torre, he created the beat and I just went in like pretty hard and some raps, but that was a full circle moment. So I'm glad you brought that up. Wow. That is so exciting. Congratulations. That's Thanks, man. phenomenal. I can't wait to hear it. I've been listening to a lot of your music lately and, um, just really love the feel of it, the the lyrics and the freshness of it, man. It's like, it creates such a beautiful balance between kind of that older style underground hip hop and like just really great beats just to jam to and dance to. And then I find it really inspirational. You know, when did you really start jamming? When, when did you get more into the music? Yeah, that was a whole other chapter. So in my later college years, around 2021, I was I was like just more experimenting with freestyle rap, just because uh, I guess always a fan of words and just kind of a I guess witty wild card in some ways <laughs> to just go on the W alliteration right there. But yeah, there was there was some more traditional musicians. We had a jam space in our house. They had a drummer and a bassist would come over. And there was a mic there. So sometimes I would just hop on and do whatever came to mind. It was very low key. But that summer that I graduated college, I went on a road trip with my best friend. We hopped in his van. We lived out of it for over two months. And we went royally on the 10,000 hour journey of practicing freestyle rap together. I mean, we were on the road all the time. We had beat CDs. We had these instrumentals that we would just rap you know, an hour straight back and forth, top to bottom, and then like repeat the song and do it again. And so that was a huge part of like learning to tap into that state of, and this was like nothing written. I didn't care to write anything. It was just all about what could we do in the moment with the energy of the moment and the energy of the music and the beat. 
And that was really the kickoff. And it was definitely some years of just sticking with that and not having an intention to write or record. I just kind of liked the purity of that space. And that's, you know, it was, it was enough to fulfill what my, I guess, creative and verbal heart's desire was at that time. And there was actually a really significant turning point when I did start to say, you know what, I'm going to actually really start writing and recording and, and take that path. Yeah, the origins was all around freestyle rap, man. Just kind of letting go and driving and being in the unknown and mm. open road and, you know, great camaraderie, all that. So like with this background and going from like the sense of more physical of, of soccer, I, I think also you went pretty deep in snowboarding, right? Too. That's right. Yeah. It was my next kind of phase was you know, we're, this is the mythic life podcast and you gave a great precursor around, you know, what is, what is this really about? This is about people choosing to follow and the words of Joseph Campbell, like follow their bliss. Like what is the actual thing that you want to do the most? And can you, can you create that in your life? Not only create that in your life, what I've really taken hard is like, can I create a lifestyle? Can I live through that? Can I live, you know, by the means of that? And when I finished soccer, my, you know, that big part of that road trip tour, 22,000 miles between New Jersey and Alaska and everywhere in between was seeking out like what kind of place I wanted to live. And I landed in Colorado because of the mountains, because of the snow. And I said, you know what, that's what feels right. I want to dedicate this next chapter to really learning the art of snowboarding and getting much better. Um, and ended up doing that, I ended up teaching, you know, majority of my time when I did that. And then, you know, summers were coaching soccer and traveling the world and doing that. But yeah, snowboarding was a huge, a huge chapter. It was four years, four years of a hundred plus days on the snow, like going hard. So what was the bridge from that in your life to exploring learning healing techniques? Because we met through healing and at that point you were already pretty deep in music and training in, in these techniques. Like what inspired that bridge? Man, I had a royal moment. Like it's very pinpointed. So I was very, I was exploring meditation, the healing arts, the healing journey. Gosh, you name it. It was like, if it was potential, I was there, you know, like, oh, there's a Buddhist teaching. There's a Buddhist meditation. There's this chakra class. There's something, you know, like whatever, as you're opening that door, it's like, oh, there's actually this wealth of it. Go to the metaphysical section of of the bookstore, grab like 12 books, you know, go start learning all this stuff. So I was very open to the path and wanting to learn a lot. I'd say meditation was probably the one practice that I really, you know, started taking home. But I had my introduction to Theta Healing was very unique. And it was a like a quantum leap blast into direct experience of the power and potential of the metaphysical healing path, of the quantum field of the healing path and really direct connection to source energy and what's possible through that. Um, and that, that happened in New Jersey. I was home one summer. I was at a gathering where we were more based around music and kind of potluck, you know, vibes, just, just summertime chilling and gathering together, playing Frisbee and these kinds of things, low key hanging out. And I met somebody and I overheard him talking about a healing technique that he had practiced. And I was like, Oh, of course my ears perked up and I started listening more what he was sharing and he mentioned it was theta healing that he practices. I said, oh, what's that? He just kind of turned to me. He's like, oh, if you like, I can do a reading for you right now. I can read your body. I was like, what does that mean? And what, like, what does that entail? 
And he said, I could just, you know, go into a theta state. I close my eyes. I don't touch you. And, you know, we're you know, standing a few feet apart and there's maybe six, seven people around. And he's like, yeah, I could just read your body. I'm like, uh, sure. So he's like, yeah, I just need your permission. I said, okay, sure. You have my permission to read my body. I thought it was weird, but also like, what the hell? Yeah. And so he closed his eyes and about 10, 15 seconds later, he goes, oh, what's going on with your right shoulder? And I was like, what? I was like, yo, I have a snowboard injury from the end of my season. At that point, I can only raise my shoulder about like less than kind of 90 degrees, like 45 degrees out. And I would start getting pain. Um, and this is, this was a couple months beyond the season, a few months beyond the season. So it just kind of stayed there and I was just dealing with it. He's like, that looks ready to heal. Would you, would you like to heal it? I said, uh, yeah, what do I need to do? He's like, just your permission. I said, yeah, you need my permission. He closed his eyes again, another 15, 20 seconds, never touched me. And this is just like broad daylight. You know, I was just playing Frisbee. I just walked over here very like, yeah, just to give paint the picture, you know, people are around like watching us interact. Some people knew this guy. I, I didn't know him. Anyway, I didn't feel anything in my body. And he goes, how are you doing now? I lifted my arm up. I had full range of motion without pain in that second, in that moment. I was like, whoa. You know, I said, whoa. Like, uh, I don't know what to say. Actually, I was like, yeah. thank you. I, I just <laughs> actually, like, you know, this feels better. And I, we carried on a little bit more. And I asked, probably asked a couple more questions. But it was, it was the next morning that I woke up. I was like, all right, I can, like, what the hell just happened yesterday like what happened in that moment my shoulder's still good i lifted it up i'm checking it out i'm like i talked to this random dude for like minutes and my shoulder like and it just lit me up and it was that moment i said i need to do any and every single thing that i can to understand what the heck just happened there like why that happened and I'm like, whoa, now I'm actually now living in a paradigm where I've experienced a direct physical, like miracle healing. You, I can't deny that that happened. And so behind the scenes, there's a lot of different things shifting and opening in my mind. And that really set the fire towards the path of understanding one theta healing and, you know, the world of metaphysical healing and the, the potential within it. How do you um, find, because like for me, I've never considered myself an artist. You know, I played with some music a bit. I got into being an athlete a little bit, you know, surfing and doing stuff in Santa Cruz, you know, mountain biking and stuff. But uh, when I learned about intuition and healing and consciousness, like it spoke to me and I pursued it, but never thought of anything in the intuitive field as artistry until more recently of like watching a relationship as a dance, right? Like when you're working with somebody, if it's in a private session or if it's in a classroom setting, and I'm guessing you probably see this when you're also performing with an audience, like it's a, a whole relationship and finding that place of flow. Like how do you find intuition blends with artistry for you? One, I just want to acknowledge what you said just around Sounds like embracing a bit more of the identity of artist, right? Because that word, I think, is very, I think it can be really personal. You know, anything that, that lands in one's identity is clearly going to be personal. Um, and I think it affects our relationship with ourselves and our outlook into the world. And maybe, you know, if it is or isn't aligned with deeper aspirations of what we may want to be or, or who we are, you know, it's really powerful, that dynamic. 
Um, so I want to just acknowledge that because it sounds like there's something rich there around embracing that. And that is 100%. I call it a high art. It's a high art to be able to interface with another human who is there and ready to change. And the unknown is definitely in the, in the room, right? That's the same as a blank canvas. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's an, there's an intention to bring something forth that wasn't there before. That's exactly what any artist is doing, right? Whether that's new belief systems, whether that's a new experience, whether that's a version of healing, it's, it's high art and it's the stakes are so in the moment, right? Like your ability to communicate your body language, your tone of voice, your intuition, all of that is, those are your paintbrushes and, and tools and sculptor tools and all these pieces that really are molding, you know, and being guided by your intuition and, and your deep repetition in the practice to shape something that's a shared intention, right? Which is whatever the person's showing up for and your ability to facilitate it. So I really acknowledge that, like, especially, you know, learning to tap into the theta brainwave state, that was a really huge part of learning to connect into deep intuition, like way beyond say even a light meditation, because you're go you're dimming your frontal cortex, you are shutting it off essentially. And you're tapping into something, another part of yourself and your consciousness that is, has whole other senses of receptors to bring forth something different and doing that meditation, like reps at a gym, who on a, someone who's like on a bender for bodybuilding, you know, like that's what we were training to do in the initial phases. It really opened that gateway. And then it just like becomes a part of you almost to the point where you can forget that there was a part of you that wasn't able to do that in a sense and maybe really access a deep, vast part of yourself that is undeniably connected to source energy. And I'd say that anybody who's working in that way is going to be bringing forth some form of artistry. So I know I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there, but, you know, it's a little bit of my idea of how I see an artist and anybody's version of, you know, their own connection to their identity of their connection to their artistry. I think it's also, it's really the biggest learning curve for people of, of any path really is that we're all intuitive and and like how to listen right are we listening internally are we listening externally because life's always giving us taps on the shoulder right our our higher self our intuition is going wait listen to this what about this or wait you're not listening so i'm going to create a barricade right in front of you until you slam into it enough times to wake up right so mm -hmm. for you how do you best find that flow of listening. Do you have any like practices that you really embrace into your personal life or how do you make decisions in your life into that mystery and unknown? Yeah, great question. And this is, yeah, this is just something that has been such an evolved relationship. It's, I want to say in those younger years that I was kind of mentioning before where it almost felt like a luxury to like, oh, let me drop into this meditation. Let me see what happens here. You know, let's have this experience. And now it's just built in so deeply as what I feel like is a necessity to guide my day into my life. And there are a number of practices, but um, you know, it feels like such a gift and like anything that you stay close to your relationship just stays that much more sharp, right? If you're tending a garden daily, physical like garden and growing it, you're going to know the nuances that are happening and what's needed there and, and 
kind of in that communication. So in the same way, for me, I have several practices. One of my favorite, at least for this for this while now, has been breath work and then right into journaling and journaling with prompts. So breath work is amazing. It offers me a really deep sense of just getting rid of all the noise, any societal or social or even social media influences and just really getting to a zero point of stillness. I love, I love the drop in that it offers. And then from there, I often, you know, won't talk, have a non-distracted space and we'll just write. So writing is a huge way for me to just, I think, have a really deep sense of clarity and honesty, like raw, raw, raw honesty, you know, whatever situations that may be more difficult to speak to or challenges that may be up or really things that need deep clarity or truth really, you know, as a through line to whatever it is, decide the next phase of a path. That's been really helpful. You know, I'll also just walk. I call it walks with God. Like I'll actually just like move in nature or walk, like physically just take a long stroll without direction or need to get to a certain point or whatever. And I just talk like verbally out loud. Um, And that's been a really great practice to, process Mm. like have the conversation and even back and forth where i know i'm in a safe space i can be as open and vulnerable and real with myself as i can and just you know almost like you're very versed in doing session work i'm almost doing session work with myself just walking and like asking questions to dig deeper what does that mean what is you know if you did know all these different prompts to really help get further to uh to a deeper state of clarity yeah those are great practices and it Reminds me of, uh, I think, a recent song that you did. Let go of everything so I can move into anything. I love that lyric. Yeah, it is. It's called Let Go of Everything. Yeah. It's such a thing of this journey of life. It's always a mystery. And we're always going through this process of stripping away to discover and finding that place of authenticity versus these egotistical films that are projected onto us through you sharing this journey. I feel like a big support has been the environments you've put yourself in, you know, your personal qualities and characteristics. You had a a family that did give you that acceptance of being unique and different. And then like where you moved to, you always created and drew people in. Do you find that to be an important thing for people to consider is like, who do they surround themselves with? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it's become such a place of strong awareness at this point in my life where the essence of boundaries and how deep and how much time I share with anybody is very calculated, you know, it's just, and it's not in a sense of like, I'm actually calculating the moment. It's just an awareness of, I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm cultivating. I know what values are extremely important to me. I know when somebody shares that and I, you know, I I cherish time. I cherish our experience. And so with those baseline points of awareness, it, things are just a must, you know, like there's a friend I was just talking about this recently too, where, you know, we have a, a unique kind of more distant conversation, ongoing conversation going. And it's really, we've both spoken to the deep value that we get through that, you know, where 
essentially, if I'm going to be in a situation, I want it to be expansive, right? Even if I'm only listening to the story of somebody else, like it's, you know, it's like sometimes things are that way where you get to be a supportive ally and, and that's an honor, you know? And I think, I think we know when, when that is the case, when we can show up for one another and just be the ally that we've, we've needed in different parts of our life. And so absolutely. Yeah. Who we surround ourselves with and not only like just in the day to day, but I am always actively seeking people who are going to expand my worldview and invest in that in such a high way. It's just, it's been this trajectory where, you know, even like, that's the beauty of social media. There's certain people there. It's like, I just get in their world. That's, I just like being in their world, you know, because yeah. the way they talk, the way they think, the way they act is on a very different level. And it gets me to think, act and feel about my life differently. So sometimes it's very personal and a mentorship kind of dynamic you know, call it healers. I have all kinds of psychics and wild people who are tapped into the Akashic records and, you know, just do some really wild stuff. I'm sure you do as well too, where they're kind of like in the back pocket where when it's time, it's like, oh, it's time to have that conversation where someone can really help open some doors of perception, you know, that's going to help me on my, my journey. So absolutely. I love this take on um, on boundaries actually being more about value of experience versus like a border of like pushing people away. I know so many people I work with are deeply empathic where they're so used to merging with another and feeling the energy of the other person and grew up usually being in more of a support role. The idea of boundary is more of like a survival mechanism versus really an empowered place to build on and actually like create more of a foundation of a relationship. Well said. Yeah. And just depending where one might be, you know, sometimes it is, it's just like, I'm putting this wall up, we're done, block the phone, whatever is needed. You know, sometimes that stuff happens, but yeah. Yeah. The, the sense of, you know, this has been a, a trait I've watched myself cultivate more and more, but even like the need to not explain myself more and more, you know, keep things really simple that if something is something that wants to be cultivated and grown more in terms of relationship, it's, I really love to let that be known. And mm. if it doesn't feel like something or someone's wanting to come closer or whatever it might be, you know, I just like to keep it in it always as kind as possible, but you know, there's reasons aren't needed. You know, we're <laughs> no is a, sim- no is a full sentence. Yeah. I try to always treat others as I've wanted to be treated as well. I do my best to, but in that sense where, you know, it's a great point of just self-awareness too. It's like, do you need to explain yourself why? Or do you feel like you owe that to somebody or, mm. you know, and what is what is maybe the simplest form of of getting to, you know, maybe an answer or point of clarity in a relationship? And man, the journey that hip hop has taken, right? 50 years now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just had a beautiful milestone. Gosh, I'm so beyond grateful for this art form and probably good to just go on record. I just like to say that, you know, just just awareness as a white man in this beautiful art form that was founded by black and brown founders. You know, I consider myself a guest in the house of hip hop. I think it's just an important point of awareness that's really helped me, you know, understand that I'm taking taking place in an art form that 
has very specific roots. It had a very real reason why it came to light and was birthed uh, to give a voice to oppressed voices. And right now it's like taken over the globe in a powerful yeah. way and it's taken on millions of different iterations. But I, I just always like to be aware of my position within it. It's its foundations, the beautiful, powerful foundations and, you know, just kind of societal place of where I have this deep privilege to be able to express myself through this art form and feel so deeply, vastly connected to it. It's it's a soul language at this point, you know, there's no denying that, but uh, yeah, I am, I am indebted. I'm indebted to this art form, to the founders of it, to the people who have cultivated my life and shaped my life. Like we mentioned the hieroglyphics, like I didn't realize how incredibly influential that was because I wasn't pursuing that path at all at a younger age, but I was bumping it regularly, you know, and it was my favorite. And coming to that turning of the bridge of like, whoa, I'm actually going to start actually dedicating myself in this space that feels the most aligned and right. And it's just been, wow, what it has been just such a huge and beautiful part of my journey to just live within the walls and, and you know, this house of hip hop and, and create and express and find so much connection and fulfillment and beauty through it. And I know you um, also practice a lot of art forms in this way. Like I remember you came to visit a class I was teaching in the Bay area and we were doing an exercise of connecting with and tapping into your soul name. And while I was leading the meditation, you were playing the didgeridoo. (laughs) Dang, that's a throwback. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I traveled with a didge for a little while. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's been a while. I'm glad you bring that up, but yeah, that was, I don't play a ton of instruments. I don't like, I'm not very versed in specific instruments, but the didge was one of the ones where, gosh, I mean, if if anyone's ever played it or been around it, especially someone who can really play, it is a pretty transcendental, it's pure vibration instruments. And you, it just feels like an ancient tone on planet earth. So you just connect into something really primal and raw being a human and hearing that. You know, the, just this sense of sound, it's, been something that I've really been embracing of, especially for my upper level students, stop being such a particle, start getting into your wave. Really, this idea of the universe really is this dance, right? Of of light and sound that actually creates formations and can create a charisma and extension. I like that. Don't, don't be such a particle. Get into your wave. That's a great, that's a bumper sticker waiting to happen in a metaphysical bookstore. Pretty much. At one point, you were bringing your healing techniques into your performances. Is it more like in support of people's creative process, or do you still find that you're kind of blending things? Traditionally, like if I'm doing a show now, it's it's not something I'm particularly bringing in, at least in a direct way, right? Because we have we have a shared background in theta healing, and you know, like quote like healing techniques, right? Like very specific ways to approach the healing process. And my intention now, you know, when if I'm sharing from stage, is more in the sense of you know, between songs, there's moments for storytelling, right? And how something came alive or a personal piece of my world that I get to share. And that's more this sense of where, you know, sometimes storytelling through song is the healing, right? 
right? And the embodiment of one's truth, especially with a bit of context. Like I've been moved to tears so many times, like at hip hop shows, you know, which is maybe not what one thinks of, of like a deep emotional experience, maybe more like higher energetic, but I've had full transcendental healing moments like at hip hop shows, some of the most profound ones. And it's through the depth of sharing raw, honest, vulnerable moments, storytelling, context of what's going on, and then seeing someone live through and express this in the moment is extremely powerful. So I'd say the the intention is there um, and the medium can shift and how that might look. Going to concerts, I can pinpoint concerts that were as transformational for me as sessions I've had. You know, like when you're there in the experience of it and just the design of the space, it really is opening up for the charisma and energetic field of the performer to like completely hold space. Mm -hmm. And then what can happen in that vortex is just like, what I love is how inspirational your lyrics are in that way, that they feel like downloads, even though you're not asking for permission, because I'm in your field, I am experiencing it as a download. You know, I really appreciate that about your music. Thanks brother. Appreciate that. I know you really support people as well. One-on-one, like, do you offer sessions and things like, how do you support the creatives? I know you have this one program that is tap the flow 24 project yeah that that's more of a creative project where we're we're doing an immersive deep dive in a collaborative setting and that whole project is what can we do creatively it's essentially the meeting of collaborative creation meets activism for clean water so it's a bit separate from my the the services that i offer and i'm happy to share more about that but in terms of supporting others i do that i do that still you know one-on-one and my path of theta healing really, it just evolved. It was very much about teaching the technique and working with people where the door was open, right? Like people can come in and say, I'm having this, uh, you know, call it relational issue. I'm having this physical issue. I'm having, gosh, the door was as wide as it can get, right? In terms of what might come through the door. And I was ready and available for that. And what came through that process was really a lot of opening of my own voice, my own claiming of my own artistry, gosh, my stopping of substances. Like I haven't drank and smoked, smoked cannabis was a, was a pretty big part of my younger journey, but both of those are 10 years plus of without those. And, you know, I just realized where I'm being called on a soul level is really to keep developing through this path of music and I'm through, through the sharing of videos and music. And so it's this, archetyped that I've come to understand deeply because I'm my own main self-study, right? And I also understand, as you were sharing before about listening to intuition and really personal alignment is the deepest gift you can give to yourself, no matter what the F it looks like. That's one word. If I can share that with anybody, Mm -hmm. like that's, please, like that is the thing that I feel like our planet needs the most right now because the ripple effects of what happened because of that they can't be seen. They can't be understood in the moment, but I just, I just know there's a frequency that gets matched from the people who are working on the biggest solutions for our planet's actual needs to individual one-on-one stuff to bio healing. You know, there's, I just feel the, 
that vibration is the thing that I most want to be a part of. And right now in this chapter, for me, it looks like through music and, but it's a shared, it's a shared frequency that I know I share with others and it's just my truth right now. And so working with other people, it's my joy and honor to get to serve others who are doing that for themselves. And oftentimes one of the biggest hurdles is really coming to terms and getting to that place of claiming that which is really here for you, which is essentially wanting to be claimed by you. It's just your own truth. So people coming to that initial phase of like, I actually am a writer. I'm a, I'm a dancer. Like this ain't no lightweight conversation. What I'm talking about right now, this is actually like, this is on my mind 24 seven and being in alignment or needing to move further with this is the most important thing in my world. And it's not a thing that a lot, I don't want to say a lot because that's broad, but it's not something that everybody understands and understands the depth of cultivation and relationship of being on that path actually is what that gives to one's life, what that gives to their connection to spirit, their own spirit, to the creator, to the world at large, to their community, to who they show up with uh, in their relationships, to their physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. Like it's all linked to that. And I just know the depth and sincerity of what that is and what it is to be in the path and essentially having the challenges and problems like in the field of play that you want to be on versus all your other stuff that's going to show up if you're not even doing the thing that you want to be cultivating. It's like, I, I will take all the challenges and problems that happen on my choice field of play versus not. And yeah, I have a deep, you know, a set of tools that I can work with other people from gosh, all the emotional sides of it, you know, healing, working with belief systems, all of these to actual the physical practices and follow through and essentially being an art and creative director on execution and high level performance. I love the whole world of it, of what it takes to do the inner work and the outer work. So that's where my, my focus is these days. Oh, that's awesome. You know, one thing I'm very curious about because something I've been doing the last four or five years is really outlining archetypes. When I started mentoring other people to start their healing practices, I kept seeing what was happening to their personal lives as they pursued their passion and and healing. And I started to outline like the history of healers, like, oh my God, this person was a, a total shaman so many times. Oh, this person is a total witch. And we'd work on belief systems relating to those archetypes. I'm curious, what do you find are some of those most important things to break free of the artist archetype, you know, like the impoverished suffering artists that can never be seen and never get broken through? Like, Such a powerful question. And yeah, thanks for bringing it in in a context where, right, if you're geared to move in a certain direction, you're going to come up with your blocks. It's just the way the universe works. It's going to give you the clear resistant points. So one, I like to always give that context that no matter what shows up like this, there's a gift on the other side of it. And there's a clear reason of why you're moving through this particular thing. And it's, there's actually a deep sense of beauty tied to the whole experience as well. It's just part of your soul's work and journey. But yeah, for the, for the artist path and archetype, there are definitely numerous versions of, I'd say, belief systems or things that people need to move through. One, where I'll start with, I'll just start with like identity. 
and a sense of claiming, right? Like who am I to claim and be this person that I've seen externally uh, appreciated from afar, but never even thought I could do this. So, right. Who working in all the pieces of actually claiming that and getting in right alignment with where that desire is actually coming from. So I feel like that's one of the things I love to bring is like, we get into the nitty gritty of the depth of where that comes from, the beauty and richness of that space to be able to claim it where it's, it's not, you have to like really let go of some of the ego. I know this has been a big part of my journey in the sense of like, this isn't just to showcase something and to be seen and recognized. Like this is soul work. This is a gift from Mm -hmm. our creator. And in that context, the availability to claim one's identity and truth within there really can open up. And then within that, once you're kind of in that sense a little bit more and maybe working and practicing more on how to do that, what fortifies the identity is doing the damn work. Like it's just unavoidable, Mm -hmm. but you know, really once we start figuring out the practices that brings one to their leading edge and somebody is doing writing practices at five in the morning for 60 days consistently and showing up to this like it's their job because it is on a soul level, the walls of identity, these things start shifting. And so I really love to merge what's happening on the internal. So I'd say the big pieces around identity, the big pieces around being able to show up. What does this mean? Who does who do I think I'm becoming? Can I even make money through this if that's a desire, which often is, right? Can I, what is it to be seen? What happens if I'm actually seen? What happens if I reach a a wider audience? So much can show up around all of this, right? And then dealing with what's one circle of friends or influence or family, like what are their input around what you're doing and why you're doing it? Can you stand as an autonomous being and soul in the path that you're doing, no matter what it takes? I mean, I've watched marriages fall apart because somebody claimed their path and truth yeah. you know and old i say fall apart it was i feel like it's obviously for the best but you know it's like these are really big repercussions and things that can come with the sense of claiming that which is wanting to claim you so i, I want to say there's you know hope that was at least an insight into that answer but i really love to merge like there's the depth of doing the personal inner work and then i've Really, this is why I got into the coaching aspect of things rather than one-on-one sessions was that there was this part of me that's like, there's so much further to go. There's such a wider and broader conversation that I want to engage with when I felt really aligned and inspired to support somebody because you can't deny all the other facets that come with the depth of what's being expressed, you know, with claiming one's artistry and identity through that and then really figuring out the like, what is it to live at your leading edge? through your practices, through your high-level maintenance of tracking and follow-through and treating this as, you know, this is like a, I mean, it's just worthy of all of that, that this is like really your most important work. So the practices support the inner work, the inner, inner work supports the practices and vice versa. And as you are growing and evolving through anything, all of those fields are going to become more integrated and open new doors to the next set of challenges. So it's a deep and evolving path. It's my favorite conversation <laughs> to be in. Absolutely. And it becomes so important to make sure that we're fortifying ourselves with those skills of personal transformation. A friend of mine said, you can't pursue resistance because re- resistance persists. 
and you'll always keep hitting resistance. Like that, that's why I really appreciate the belief work in theta healing so that you can clear where the resistance is coming from, let something flow. And at the same time, that adventurous pursuit and prioritizing it, like make it your job, as you said. And, you know, I think Stephen Pressfield wrote a lot to that. You really got to be committed and pursue it and prioritize it. Sometimes that resistance can become such this illusion of struggle. Oh, wait, no, I have to pay the bills or what's so urgent. I'm always in this urgent place and not prioritizing and getting to what really speaks to their heart. So I love that not only are you pursuing your passion with, with your artistry and music, but like really continuing that growth and support and service to others. So, you know, for all those out there listening to this, like if you want to know more about some of Robbie 333's work, you can check out his website at Robbie333.com. Highly recommend checking out his music as well. He has some really great things on your YouTube channel, Robbie333. And you can find him on Instagram and Facebook as well. His links to his socials are in the comments. And uh, I just want to really thank you for joining us today. This has been fantastic. Love to explore more sometime as well and get Sarah connected with you. She's doing a lot with music right now, and it would be Mm. awesome to see you to um, do something cool or her receive some, some guidance, some support from you. We are Mythic Life, free thinkers, deep feelers, courageous trailblazers. We own our myth with our vibes, how we think, feel, and act. We believe that love is a given, not something earned, that spiritual is sexy, kindness is cool, and earth is sacred that everybody has superpowers and life is too boring without magic. We walk our talk and when life gets real, we heal. We choose our path and make it epic. Thank you everybody for joining us today. We have some really great guests coming up as well. They come out on the second and fourth Monday of every month. If you want to know more about our work, you can check us out at mythiclife.com. On Facebook, you can join the conversation at the Mythic Life Experience Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram at The Mythic Life. And for any inspirational messages, learning some great techniques, you can check us out on YouTube at The Mythic Life. Thank you, Robbie, for joining us today. It's absolutely awesome seeing you again here virtually. And I look forward to the next time I get to give you a big hug. Absolutely, brother. Thank you so much. It's been a beautiful journey and conversation. So appreciate what you're doing and our connection, you know, through all of this time right here. It's been amazing. And I'll just leave the last word that I do have an interesting spelling of my name and artist name and just it may not be known. So I'm going to just say that it's capital R-A dash B-E space 333, Robbie 333. So if you want to tune in, that's where you can find it. Look forward to hearing more. Thank you for joining